Hello, everybody. I'm Bob Main. Welcome to another episode of today's survival show, helping you do what you can with what you have wherever you are. This is episode 216. Well, this week's subject is going to be about freeze-dried foods. And, you know, food storage is so important. Probably one of the most, absolute most important things you can do as a prepper. Uh, A common sense approach is what we're going to take in this podcast because this is a common sense show. I try not to go tinfoil hat on you. Meaning I try not to get too far off into wacky conspiracy theorists because I'm an everyday guy, just a practical dude, just trying to keep myself as prepared as I possibly can and show. I, I do things like share my journey with you on the road to trying to get more prepared. So, a listener from Iowa, Steve in Iowa, contributed this podcast. He emailed me and asked if he could do a guest spot, a guest podcast on freeze-dried foods, and I said, sure, send me something, and I've listened to this twice. It's very good. Very good, very informative. So, I'm in the mobile studio right now, headed out to a business appointment, but I've listened to this twice. Good stuff. You're going to listen to this for the first time. So Steve in Iowa talks about freeze-dried foods. He talks about what he chooses, why he chooses them, how much he buys, and kind of gives you some things to think about if you're going to be storing food. Good stuff here. So let's get right into it. Here's Steve from Iowa. Hi, folks. My name is Steve, and I'm going to be talking to you about freeze-dried foods. Before I get into today's topic, I want to thank Bob for being gracious enough to grant me an opportunity to present my first ever podcast on today's survival show. I'm a big fan of both of Bob's podcasts and certainly have developed a new appreciation for how much effort goes into putting these together. Uh, seems rather seamless when you listen to them, but as I've slugged through my initial podcast on take 31, maybe 32, I've certainly uh, developed a greater appreciation for the time, effort, and preparation that all the folks who present these podcasts put in. So again, thanks to Bob for uh, giving me this opportunity. I want to talk a little bit about uh, myself. I'm not a survival expert, uh, not ex-military or law enforcement. I don't uh, claim to be really an expert uh, at anything, but uh, I enjoy the outdoors a great deal, uh, hunting, fishing, and uh, have since uh, my earliest childhood memories. Grew up in the country and canning and, and freezing fruits and vegetables was just kind of the way uh, we did things and got away from that a little bit. Later in life, fell into the convenience of just purchasing everything at the grocery store in the last couple of years have developed a, a new uh I guess, appreciation for how much work went into that and have tried to get back in some small way into that by doing some of our own canning and freezing of uh, items we purchase at farmer's markets. So uh, certainly uh, a neat, uh, almost full circle, I guess you could say full circle type of experience. And my uh, interest in, I'm not sure what, uh, I'm not really big into the labels, so I don't know that I'm a prepper or a survivalist or or what, I guess I, I'm intrigued about some aspect of it, so uh, we'll throw labels aside and just say that I uh, became curious about this uh, space a couple of years ago, and then with the advent of a lot of the TV shows that we've all seen, it became uh, uh, something that was a little more appealing, and kind of an odd fascination or curiosity uh, emerged, and, and that uh, has, has grown, and I've 
continued to look at different options to become more self-sufficient. I guess that would be a label that I'd be comfortable with applying to myself is that I, I just don't like depending on others if I can help it. And I, in saying that, though, there's to an extent we do need to depend on others. I guess I, I should walk that back a little bit and say I like to be self-sufficient, but there's huge value in, in collaboration, building a circle of trust, building a, a network, whatever you want to call it doesn't have to be focused on just prepping or survival. Not everyone in it needs to be a prepper. I think if you if you look at your friends and family and neighbors and, and you view them all as potentially playing integral roles in, in a consumer relationship, uh, you'll certainly uh, find benefit in that and be able to practice the art of reciprocity. If, if you're good at something and you can help out a neighbor fixing uh, their, their vehicle and when uh, when you need help with something on your computer or a home project, uh, they can reciprocate, and that's a great way to start relationships, and that can certainly evolve into more awareness about preparedness and, and just general common sense and, and good neighborly uh, conduct, if you will. So I'll start on today's topic by, first of all, uh, drawing a bit of a point of differentiation between uh, freeze-dried food and dehydrated foods. I stumble all the time, and I, I may even on this podcast using the term dehydrated foods. That tends to be uh, come to uh, come to mind more rapidly than freeze-dried. But really, uh, to be accurate, the products that we're talking about today are freeze-dried, and that process consists of flash uh, flash freezing the food, placing in the vacuum chamber, and then uh, extracting or drying off the moisture, approximately 98%, so essentially all the moisture by uh, evaporating the ice out, that's done at 50 below zero. After that, the food is then sealed in moisture in oxygen-proof bags, sent out for, for distribution to their uh, retail outlets. Uh, dehydration is done at higher temperatures, and the uh, key difference here is, is that through the dehydration process at the higher temperatures, you degrade primarily a lot of the nutritional value and secondarily uh, some of the, the taste and texture. So clearly anything you can do, anything that you can buy that has a higher nutritional value, you should do that, especially when you're buying items that are going to be used for uh, kind of uh, different types of situations, situations where you can't go to a restaurant or, or maybe, um, uh, I guess, Situations where you want to maximize the nutrition you're going to get from a, a limited food supply, essentially. So, again, what we're talking about today is, is freeze-dried food. So I'm going to talk about one of the uh, first companies that uh, I researched and came across in a lot of my shopping trips to my favorite outdoor stores, and that's Mountain House. They're based in Albany, Oregon. They've been around, I believe, since 1953. They are definitely the... Uh, I guess the, the preeminent brand in this space, if you will. They certainly have a strong retail outlet. I believe most Walmarts carry them and, and uh, virtually all outdoor stores carry them as well. They have a wide product offering, anywhere from the individual entree pouches to side items, breakfast items, dessert items, all uh, come in individual pouches and vary in price. They also offer some of their entrees in number 10 cans. And then they have some kits, which are kind of neat for uh, if you're just wanting to have something to set in the basement for a power outage 
tornado, a very short term, maybe three to five days, depending on the size of your family and what you're looking at from a serving's perspective. They've got a 72 hours kit, a best sellers kit, a blackout kit. Kind of neat because it comes with a flameless heating kit. So really in a power down situation, grid down situation, you could uh, heat your entrees up with the uh, self-contained heating kit. We've got a classic assortment and a just-in-case. Uh, prices vary. I encourage you to, to shop around. Amazon's a great place to go. And, and obviously, if you go to Amazon, go through Bob's Amazon store to help him out and uh, I'm sure he would appreciate that, and it's certainly something I've done whenever I purchase from Amazon. So, you know, getting into how I've used these products and how I use these products, uh, like a lot of us, I'm sure, when I when I broach the topic of food storage, food preparation, the amount of information out there was dizzying, to say the least. If you watch Doomsday Preppers, you watch. YouTube videos, you see folks that literally have the equivalent of a Walmart distribution center in their in their basements. That wasn't going to be an option for me. It's, it's cost prohibitive and honestly just not going to purchase that much product until I may not ever purchase that much product, but I wouldn't purchase that much product without knowing I liked it. And I to purchase a couple pallets, you know, $600, $1,000, $3,000, those are typical increments for some of the really large bulk purchases. I would have to do more than like it. I'd have to love it, I guess, for lack of a better term, and I'm just not going to do that. So I started out small, and I encourage others, if you're new to this category, to do the same. You know, don't, uh, don't be seduced by the get free shipping if you spend four or $500, because uh, just start out small and determine what you like first, and then you can increase your volume at that point, and we'll talk a little bit about that later. But I uh, initially got into the Mountain House products because I wanted to try them out for ice fishing and bow hunting, both uh, outdoor activities which uh, put me in kind of remote areas and, and without access to uh, a restaurant. And when you're out in the elements, uh, definitely ice fishing is certainly nice to have something warm to eat versus a uh, frozen, uh, semi-frozen bologna sandwich, uh, peanut butter sandwich. So. Curiosity got the best of me. I purchased a few of the Mountain House entrees along with a Coleman Max micro stove. Runs off butane. Very small, very light, as well as some nesting camping pots that sit on top of the Coleman Max stove. You're probably looking at 20, 30 ounces max. That's your stove, your butane, your aim and flame, your camping pot, and your Mountain House entree. If you're uh, looking at taking these hiking, backpacking, or uh, just concerned about how much weight you actually have to have to carry, uh, not much. So my initial uh, utilization of the products, as I mentioned, was uh, through ice fishing and, and bow hunting. So I was able to uh, unpack the stove quickly, heat up two cups of water, pour them into the pouch, stir thoroughly, emphasize stir thoroughly, so you will need a spork, a camping multi-tool that has the fork and knife and spoon on it or even bring a, a longer plastic spoon because you do need to reach the corners. If you don't, you'll get uh, like any type of baking or, or cooking you're going to get. If you don't mix thoroughly, you'll get uh, clumpy chunks of stuff in the bottom and that's going to detract from the uh, eating experience. So I started out just purchasing a few of the entrees and I'll cover those here. started out with the lasagna and meat sauce. 
That's definitely one I would recommend. Um, I'm a fan of the entrees that have protein. Uh, you're out humping it, doing whatever you're doing, burning calories. I like to put protein back. It's my one complaint about some of the offerings in this category. They're virtually, a lot are just empty carbs. There's um, not much protein. You're getting calories, but again, I, I like to re replace protein after a hard day's activities, so I try to find the entrees that have at least 15 plus grams of protein. And, uh, lasagna with meat sauce I did. The spaghetti with meat sauce is another one I tried, would also recommend. Chili mac and beef, that gets a lot of uh, positive reviews on YouTube, so I don't think it's necessarily a bad product. I just think I'm not a fan of that combination. So for me, that was a not don't buy twice item. Mac and cheese, definitely the most disappointing. I was uh, bow hunting. It was pretty chilly out. Uh, walked back to my truck, dropped my tailgate down, set out my stove. was pretty jacked to try some of the mac and cheese. And to be honest, it was it was awful. It was uh, very few macaroni noodles in a vast cheesy ocean of, I guess I'll be generous and call it cheese sauce. I don't know. It's uh, uh, definitely different. I'll put it that way. So by the time I actually got the noodles, got it stirred up, I think I had more of the cheese sauce on me uh, than I did in my stomach. And... I don't think, at least based on that day anyway, that uh, deer are very attracted to uh, the scent of cheese sauce, so I would not recommend bathing in it like I did. The buffalo chicken, that intrigued me because it's 62 grams of protein, and really it's just that. It's buffalo chicken. There's not rice or, or, or potatoes in it. I bought some wraps, uh, heated that up, and it was surprisingly good. It's You're not going to... You're not going to be fooled thinking you're at Buffalo Wild Wings or your favorite wing stop, but uh, it's actually pretty good. And then the protein, it's obviously lean, high protein, low carbs. So you throw uh, an apple and you know, a couple side items in there or not, just throw it on a wrap or a piece of bread. You have a pretty good meal. It definitely stays with you. Also tried the potatoes, cheddar cheese, and broccoli. So basically like instant mashed potatoes with some little green specks of broccoli in it, about what you'd expect. It's certainly not... Again, uh, something that you'd have Thanksgiving dinner, but again, you have to set your expectations in line with uh, reality. In the uh, situation that you're out doing an outdoor activity, you don't have other options. In a situation where a natural disaster would occur, you're not going to have other options. And as we've all seen on the news, watching the natural disasters unfold, most recently in Oklahoma, those folks, uh, <coughs> when uh, the option is having nothing to eat, you're pretty grateful for whatever you do have. And, I can certainly attest to that because the hungrier you are, the better these taste. That was my initial step into the freeze-dried foods. Uh, I got to a point where I knew what I liked. I picked up a, a couple each of my favorites and had those on hand and, and would utilize them for outdoor activities. But as I started to educate myself a little more and, and move more into a longer-term, <coughs> excuse me, longer-term food preparation or food storage strategy. I really wanted to have some items on hand that could uh, be a little more sustainable. So I started looking at Honeyville Grain. It's honeyvillegrain.com. They're headquartered in Honeyville, Utah. They uh, offer a lot of uh, options I won't go into. All their offerings, you can learn that from uh, their website and some of the resources that I'll touch on here briefly. But what drew me to, my, to Honeyville initially 
is their flat rate shipping. They have uh, 365 days a year. They have a $4.49 flat rate shipping. For any of you who price these products, delivery is tough to swallow. Uh, some of them can get very pricey. In fact, most of them get very pricey, especially if you're talking about number 10 cans. So that was uh, certainly attracted me. Then they offer some additional resources like a cookbook. They have a blog. They even have a uh, YouTube channel. It's Honeyville Grain is the name of it. There's a lot of great resources there. Again, not just on buyer products, buyer products, buyer products, but they talk a lot about different recipes, different ways to utilize their products. Uh, Meals in a Jar has been quite popular recently. They've uh, developed some segments where you can essentially create your own long-term food storage vessels and recipes. So if you really like a vegetable chicken stew, they walk you through how to create that using their products, but making them yourselves. Again, you're looking for ways to make it more economical. And again, self-sufficiency, self-reliance. You can certainly buy them pre-packaged, pre-made, in entree form, but uh, it's neat to kind of have your own twist if you like certain spice, you like it uh, a little hotter, a little milder, you can add that, more or less salt, whatever you want to do, and you have the, the luxury of doing that. So would encourage you to take a look at their site, a lot of great information on there. Again, not just uh, promoting their products, but also promoting the uh, you know, diverse utilization of their products, which is, is unique. The uh, strategy that I incorporated after looking at Mountain, at uh, Honeyville, excuse me, was to start to store what I consider base components or base ingredients. By that I mean uh, the freeze-dried vegetables primarily. My, my thought process is if uh, hopefully there isn't a apocalyptic situation, a doomsday scenario, if you will, but uh, in the event that uh, you know, there would be some, some uh, power outage, some natural disaster where you would need to uh, not be able to make it to the store or potentially have to... Uh, thaw and cook a lot of your uh, refrigerated or frozen meat quickly, you know, what options would I have available? So soups and stews came to mind. So I started out buying number 10 cans of the Honeyville uh, freeze-dried peas, corn, mixed veggies, bell peppers, and green beans. Uh, my next step is going to be to purchase some uh, chicken stock or chicken broth, have that on hand. And you know, typically uh, we keep a decent amount of food on hand. Uh, we buy locally, encourage everyone to buy locally from uh a century farm uh, here in Iowa, we get our beef uh, from a century farm, we get our buffalo from a century farm, and when in season, we get a lot from our local farmer's market and co-op and do uh, a small garden, not as large as I did growing up in the country, but uh, trying to do what we can and trying to uh, expand in that space as well again and just trying to make incremental steps to be a little more self-sufficient, a little more self-reliant. As I mentioned earlier about... Uh, you know, don't do it in the spirit of you're going to close your curtain, shut your doors, and lock yourself in your house and keep it a secret. You know, my neighborhood's very unique um, in the sense that everybody kind of does a little bit of gardening. So when things are in season, one neighbor may have a bumper crop of, of peppers or tomatoes or cucumbers. Another neighbor may have a bumper crop of dill. So you know, we'll get together and and uh, and make pickles, or we'll get together and and have. Uh, tomatoes and stewed tomatoes and everybody's happy to to uh, lend their uh, their product uh, or their produce items if you will and in return 
and again, back to reciprocity, uh, taking and giving is essential here as you develop these relationships, and relationships are critical in all aspects of life. But, uh, you know, the, in exchange for some of their produce, I'm happy to get, take them over three or four jars of, uh, of our salsa or uh, pickles or, or whatever the case may be. So encourage everyone to, uh, to do that. And you know, if you don't know anyone, you're in, uh, maybe you live in the city or you're new to an area, Ask around at the farmer's market. There's a lot of folks that are willing to help out with recipes and tips, and there's a lot of great YouTube resources as well. So my thinking, again, is what else can I do to diversify? I've got the short-term entree pouches, but for longer term, for a different type of offering, I chose to go the freeze-dried vegetable route. My next step then was to look at, okay, what else can I do within the Honeyville? Because of the 449 flat rate shipping, that is a good enough deal for me to say, hey, I'm going to spend more money with this company and look to, again for ways to diversify. So I started purchasing the oatmeal with banana chips and apple chips. So go a couple ways there. I can use the banana chips and the apple chips in my oatmeal, or I can use them for trail mix, or I can just, just simply eat them, throw them in a Ziploc bag when I go do my outdoor activity, go driving, whatever the case may be, and, and you've got something there that's a healthy alternative to potato chips or Funyuns or whatever it is you, you like to munch on when you're driving that's uh, probably tastes good but isn't that isn't good for you. So, you know, again, my I don't know if I have a strategy. I'd say I'm working on building a strategy, and I, I guess as I piece it together, it, it needs to 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 make sense from a budgetary perspective. It also needs to make sense from an application perspective. I don't want a basement full of stuff that I I'm not going to use. I want things that. Uh, in the event of, of no uh, apocalyptic situation that I can make soups and stews with, determine if I like them, if I don't, purchase more. If I, if I um, don't, then uh, not purchase those items again either. And work with the company that allows me to learn from some of their resources. As I mentioned, Honeyville puts a wealth of information out there, very accessible, talks about their products, utilizes their products, done by some of their own, own cooks, and it's... Uh, very uh, very enlightening to see how many options you have. I think that's the other key for me was I wanted a strategy that had options. I didn't want to to be limited to having to eat you know, 200 pounds of beef stroganoff. Uh, that would be very daunting. I'm not sure uh, what I would do there. I'd probably, um, probably miss the uh, Mountain House mac and cheese after uh, about 50 pounds of beef stroganoff. But anyway, uh, you know, in, in summary, I think... Uh, Everyone needs to look at their situation and, and make individual decisions, not be seduced or swayed by doomsday preppers or the uh, videos on YouTube that say you need to have you know, three years of food stocked up. And some of that's just too much. It's not that it's wrong. It's just that when you're starting out, it's overwhelming. So don't uh, don't be intimidated by it. Be, be fine with your individual strategy. Build it incrementally. You know, stay within your budget. Don't uh, don't cut off your nose to spite your face when you're looking at uh, building a food preparation, food storage strategy because uh, if you get out of kilter with your budget, that's just going to create other problems and then uh, that's not really uh, helping your self-sufficiency either. So, and, you know, involve others. As I mentioned a couple times, don't isolate yourself. I think some... Again, I'm not a big fan of labels, but some in the, in the prepper survivalist community really buy into 
uh, alienate yourself, isolate yourself, lock yourself off from everybody else. I, I'm not a fan of that. I, I think it certainly um, is beneficial to have relationships with folks just to help you out and, and, re- and reciprocate uh, one act of kindness for another, one act of generosity for another, uh, build better relationships with your neighbors, and, and that'll help you. I think we all hope there's no SHTF scenario. Um, you know, in the event there is, we're certainly going to need each other to, to help out and, and to uh, to be there for those uh, who are going to be in greater need, as we've seen with the natural disasters out east and most recently in Oklahoma. You know, folks may scoff at some of these items and, and ridicule the fact that you purchased them, but you know when uh, you don't have an alternative, uh, these things taste pretty good. So, um, again, uh, you know, just do your research. That's what I'd encourage everyone to do. In closing, I want to thank Bob again for uh, giving me the opportunity to present this podcast. Hope it was beneficial, and again, best of luck to you if you are just starting out or adding on to your food preparation, food storage strategy. Thank you. Okay, many thanks, Steve. Very informative. I appreciate you doing that. Any of you out there that want to submit guest podcasts, I'm usually pretty open to that. Just pick a subject that you like to talk about and uh, go ahead and record something. You know, try to keep it around 30 minutes or less like Steve did. But, you know, I mean, if it's good stuff and people enjoy listening, I I probably won't edit much of it at all. Uh, In fact, this one here, I did not edit one word out of it. So uh, many thanks again, Steve, for doing that. I learned something from that. And I hope that you did, too. Remember, you know, you can't eat your ammunition. You can't eat your guns and all that other stuff. You can't eat your body armor and and all that stuff that is kind of cool and fun to prepare. You know, all the gun stuff and even the knives and all that that we all like to collect as preppers. Can't eat all that stuff. I mean, you can use it to you can use those to get food. But, you know, you can't you can't just pull those out of a pantry and start eating them and you got to have food and water basic essentials if you're going to survive anything and you know the disasters that i talk about on this podcast i don't just talk about the extreme stuff you know not even the extreme weather stuff losing a job is a disaster for a lot of people it's a disaster i'm going through a family health matter right now with the health of my wife and uh, and the terminal illness that she's been diagnosed with that's a disaster so you know, we're trying to work through that. We're trying to make things as best as we possibly can and keep her around as long as we possibly can. Well, that's a disaster. That That's a stink-hit-the-fan event for just about anybody. So I want you to realize, gang, that, you know, disasters can come in a lot of different forms. And a lot of people take the wrong idea and they think that, oh, well, you know, a disaster's got to be some kind of a weather event or or it's got to be zombies invading or it's got to be a total government collapse. No, not quite. Not quite. It could be a partial government collapse, like what Glenn Tate writes about about in 299 days. I'm going to get Glenn back on here. He's been on this show before. I'm going to get him back on for another interview shortly. We're emailing back and forth trying to set something up. But his uh, his book number six is out, the 17th the Regulars. That's out right now. Uh, you can get that off of my Amazon store. You can just go to my recommended books page at todayssurvival.com. Todayssurvival.com. You go to my recommended books page, you'll see it there, how to order Glenn Tate's newest book. 
Or if you want to buy something on Amazon, as Steve mentioned in the podcast, just use my store. It'll help support my show. I get a small little fee if you go through the link at todayssurvival.com. Remember, there's two addresses, excuse me, two S's in the address, todayssurvival.com. If you want to email me, bob at todayssurvival.com. And if you want to join the forum, click the forum button on the web page and sign up. If you sign up for the forum, do me a favor. Email me and tell me the username that you used. The username and uh, and preferably password. But at least tell me the username and I'll look you up in the list of people who submit applications and I'll approve you right away. I get a lot of spammers trying to get on the forum and that's the best way I've found to keep them out. See, that way I know if you send me an email and say that, tell me what your username is, that means you're listening to this show and you're probably not going to be a spammer. So come join the forum. It's a good group of people. I put a posting about every podcast on the forum and there's been a lot of people putting up some good information out there lately. So come join it. It's free. We would love to have you. If you'd like to support the work I do, don't forget about the Survival Champions Club. Uh, I've talked about it before, and if you go to the Survival Champions Club page on my website at todayssurvival.com, you'll see some of the cool podcasts, information I've never put on this show before, contributed by a lot of interviews with a lot of really cool people. Uh, Glenn Tate's one of them. John Neusser is another one. White Bear out in Montana is another. Good stuff. So you might want to check all that out and make a simple purchase and get a premium podcast that you'll learn from or just buy something off of my Amazon account. With all that said, folks, thanks again for listening to yet another episode of today's Survival Show. I'm Bob Main, your host, and it's my goal to help you do what you can with what you have wherever you are. Take care. I'll talk to you next time. Goodbye.